and welcome to the Christian Formation Podcast. I'm Raven, and I'm here with Jared, one of the pastors here at Providence. The goal of this podcast is to form disciples who live all of life with the presence of God. And we do this through conversations about theology, culture, and stories. Today, we're continuing our discussion on health for the holidays by focusing on slowing down. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, everyone. Welcome back. Hey, hey, everyone. How's it going? Jared, what are you guys planning for the holidays? Do you have anything fun coming up? You mean everything for the holidays? Well, what do you mean? I mean Christmas? Yeah, so, you know, we got four kiddos. We're still trying to discover our own family rhythms for like a Christmas celebration, because right now... Like the day that we do it, it always just kind of bounces around because we've got my wife's family, my family. So on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, we're usually spending that with my in-laws. And then we head out to the wonderful north central rural Nebraska (laughs) town of Atkinson to my parents' house for a couple days. And then we're going to go to my extended families in Kansas too. So we're going to do a little traveling. It sounds like you guys have a busy holiday schedule. I like being around my family. Not everyone likes being around their family, so it should be fun. (laughs) Yeah. What are you doing? For Christmas, we normally stay in Omaha, and for Thanksgiving is when we travel to go see my grandparents, and so we'll just be here in Omaha. Honestly, for me, Christmas feels a little bit more slower on the actual day. Everything leading up to that, though, is a lot more hectic. And it's my first Christmas with Kellen. Wow. Congratulations. I'm excited because now we get to start our Christmas tradition. So it will be a lot more busy because we'll have to figure out his family side than my family. It should be fun though. Wait, what's your Christmas traditions? Are you planning them out? Well, we actually did plan one last year when we had COVID. (laughs) So we had COVID on Christmas and couldn't go to the Christmas Eve service. So we watched it online and then we made pizza. And we thought every year for Christmas Eve, we should make pizza and then come home and pop it in the oven. Wow. Yeah, we think it would be fun. And we ideally want to have friends with us. But everyone's with their family on Christmas Eve. That's true. I know. So are you like a tradition person? Like you want to do it the same way every year or no? Yeah. I think it's just so fun. Are you guys or are you not big tradition people? I am. My wife, not quite as much, which is partly why it's bothered me that we've been married for about 10 years. Our oldest one is going to be eight in a few days and... We still are like landing on the traditions. I'm like, I feel like we should be able to do this in a little (laughs) bit quicker than 10 years. But hey, it switches. You get one kid and then you get two and then three and then four. And it's it's a little bit crazy. Oh, for sure. And I feel like you definitely have to slow down and be able to say, okay, let's think about our traditions. What's sustainable over time? And you guys had kids kind of back to back to back. Yeah. I don't know what's (laughs) sustainable. We're coming out of it though. Yes. No kids in diapers and we're, we're rolling. I think this might be the year. That's awesome. I love that. Maybe it will be a little bit more relaxed, slowing. And speaking of being relaxed and slowing down, today we are continuing our Health for the Holiday series and talking about just that, slowing down, especially in a hectic, busy season where there's a lot of Christmas presents, buying things with family. It can be so easy to run, 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 run. And we just want to focus on that health aspect of slowing down. Yeah. So last week we talked about a different topic. We talked about being you, which sounds a little self-helpy, but Mm -hmm. it is not. It's (laughs) 
Bible-centered, it's Jesus-centered. We really launched this whole thing with the foundation of Matthew 11, 28 through 30. The fact that we all feel maybe a little crazy, a little tired, a little exhausted, especially with 2020 and 2021 mm-hmm. being just wild years, right? And so you hear just a lot of people talking about their weariness. And in 11, verse 28, Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And so Jesus is actually offering us rest. If you're weary, if you're burdened, if you are exhausted, Jesus says, if you come to him, I'll give you rest. And so then you have to ask, okay, well, if I'm not feeling rested, then what is it, am I not coming to Jesus or what is keeping me from coming to him? So last week we talked about the idea of being yourself and how, when we try to pretend to be something else, or we run after something that God has not designed for us, or when we create kind of a pathway for our life to become someone who we're not, we're specifically like walking upstream against what God has created us to be. And we are also not coming to him, not finding life in him because we're pretending we're running the other direction. And that's what we talked about last week. And this week, it might even feel a little bit more practical as we're talking about the idea of slowing down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm really excited for this one because in our Advent episode, we touched on needing to slow down and really remember what the season is about. And I feel like for me, especially, I have a tendency to run, run, run and go, go, go. And really? So, you do? I know. Isn't that shocking? Normally. Hmm. Did you realize that yourself or did someone else you know, let you know? I think I heard it enough from people and then I realized from myself, yeah, I should probably take a couple steps back and slow down. That is <laughs> funny. Well, so here's the deal though. We are just in a culture of hurrying. There's a a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Have you read that one? No, I've heard amazing things though. Yeah. So John Mark Comer is the author and there's some like crazy helpful stuff in there. Super challenging as I read it. He was kind of building a case for how we hurry. And he's like, well, if you don't think you hurry, like just think about it a little bit. For those of us who are in Nebraska, you know, why is it that when you go to Hy-Vee, or wherever you choose to shop, Baker's, Trader Joe's, I don't know, like Target, whatever. Why is it that when you have your cart full and you're like getting ready to leave, that you are like frantically scanning the lines, the checkout lines, like, okay, wait, there's nine people in the self-checkout line, but there's two people in this other checkout line. Like, which one's going to be faster? And you're like doing this quick math. It's because you're in a hurry, right? Why is that when you're driving and your phone is going off, even though you know I shouldn't text and drive and there's like signs that tell me not to and then they tell you how people are getting in accidents, but you still have to like have this urge like I've got to like do this because we're in a hurt like we're always wanting to get things done or when you get up in the morning, we reach for our phones right away and we're checking our email and we're checking our texts and trying to quickly catch up with whatever we missed while we were sleeping. Heaven forbid we miss an email or a text or let it sit for a couple hours. Why? Because we're in a hurry. Like it has infiltrated our culture, our pace of life. We're going at breakneck speed and it's become normal. You have a relationship with Jesus or you should have a relationship with Jesus And when you're going really, really fast and never slowing down, taking time to be with Jesus, just like in any other relationship, you never slow down. It just 
ruins things. It kills mm-hmm. things. Yeah, completely. It brings to mind a story from when I was in college and I would always walk so, so, so quickly. And my friend from Honduras would tell me, Raven, what are you doing? Why are you running everywhere? I'm like, I'm not running. I'm just walking. And we decided to go on a walk one day after class. And I was walking quickly again. And she goes, hey, slow down and just walk. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she goes, you don't need a popsicle all in one bite. You savor it. You take it slow. She goes, you need to take life a little bit slower. And it does just show how our culture is always moving, moving, moving and going. And sometimes other cultures have a different perspective. And that just kind of reminded me of that. And even what you're saying with any other relationship, we have to spend time with that person. Mm. We have to spend time with Jesus rather than running around and saying, okay, Lord, help me with this. Okay, now I'm ready. Like actually slowing down. Yeah. And I think running at that pace, it breeds an exhaustion. It, you know, this breeds a weariness. There are lots of factors that play into our weariness, but I think the hurried pace of culture leads to the higher levels of anxiety that you're seeing and depression and like suicide. I'm not saying that's the only factor, but it doesn't help because it's pushing us to kind of a breaking point. point of craziness. And so what we're doing is like not sustainable. It's like if you went out and ran a marathon, I don't know who does those things, but (laughs) you're running that 26 miles and you're like, you're just going, 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 you get to the finish line and they say, Hey, run another marathon real quick. That is kind of what our culture is doing to us. So what's wearing us down because of how fast we're going and how we never stop. Oh, 100%. And so as you've noticed this, as Lord has brought it to mind, how has that changed in your own life? Just that quick paced, hurried mentality. Yeah. I mean, in ministry, it feels like there's always more things to do and we've got four kids. So we're running, running, running. And now we've got three kids in school. Yeah. We often feel that pace of life. But for us, a couple of years ago, we were just feeling you know, exhausted and worn down, kind of like we've been talking about and not rested at all. And I started reading and listening to people who were more like spiritual formation gurus. And they kept talking about like slowing down, being with Jesus. And one of the things that they talked about was the idea of Sabbath. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't really know about that, but As COVID hit in the spring of 2020, somehow, even though we were like locked into our house for a lot of the times, we still found ourselves running at an incredible speed. And it was like, I can be sitting in my desk in my house, but somehow the Zoom meetings were still coming at 100 miles an hour. We're getting more tired and more tired and more tired. And it got to the point, you know, when you hit those breaking points, sometimes we're like, okay, something has to change because we're like running ourselves into the ground, no life. You found yourself angrily barking at your kids and doing all this stuff. I'm like, something is not right. And I started listening to some people talk about Sabbath and this idea of slowing down and the idea of clearing time or clearing 24 hours in your week to be able to set aside the things that specifically like drive that crazy, like high speed frenetic pace thing, but then also taking time to intentionally be present with each other and be present with God to make it a worshipful time. And so we got to this point where we're like, we've got to do something different. Okay. We're going to do this Sabbath thing. We realized that one of the things that drives the crazy speed of life is your phone. 
people are keeping you busy because they're always needing things from you. Um, and you're keeping yourself busy because you're always like trying to follow along with everything and be proactive and be productive, whatever. And we realized, okay, so it, it's kind of a desperate times call for desperate measures thing. We had to like put down our phones. And so we even looked into getting a landline, by the mm. way. We didn't pull the trigger <laughs> because it would have taken a bunch of money to wire something in. But on Sabbath days, I had to say, hey, I am going to actually put my phone down. And I had to send, uh, I had to warn the staff team because I'm like, hey, if you try to get a hold of me, between Friday at 5 p.m. and Saturday at 5 p.m. I'm not going to be Mm -hmm. available. I'm not going to see it. If there's an emergency, text my wife's phone and she'll get to me somehow. And so we cleared time and tried to be present with each other because it like we had to do something. Yeah, that's really good. Was that hard for you to tell people, hey, you can't reach me during this time? When you put your phone away, were you thinking, is someone texting me? Does someone need something? Um, there was a little bit of that, but I also know that I need breaks and I like, it was actually pretty quickly. It was incredibly freeing. As long as I knew that I had the basis covered, like for people who were either close family, close friends, or people who I feel like would need me like church staff people, as long as I could like let them know, hey, I'm not going to be available and there is a plan B to get a hold of me. It was within like the second time I did it. I'm like, oh, this is so incredibly freeing. The other day, my wife and I took our kids to the park. We were there and her phone died and she needed a phone for something. And we had separate cars because we had come from different places. And I gave her my phone and I was driving around for like 30 minutes running a couple errands. And I'm like, this is so freeing that no one can get a hold of me and I yeah. can just like be present to whatever. That's cool. And it lets you know that there's like something that about the, that demand that your phone puts on you that's just not healthy, mm-hmm. just not right. Yeah, I don't think we were made as humans to be on 24-7 yeah. at the drop of a hat, getting a notification. I mean, it's just an extension of our brain almost. Mm-hmm. And I think it tires our brain. I don't yep. think it's good for it. No. Yeah, I think Sabbaths have been very instrumental in my own life. I just realized that same thing, especially in ministry, never shutting it off and having a full 24 hours or my phone is gone or any type of work is gone has been so, so helpful. Although I had to be careful because I started to idolize my time off and my Sabbath Mm -hmm. rather than finding my continued rest in Jesus Mm -hmm. every day. I was just focusing on, oh, Friday is the only day that I'll actually feel like I connect with the Lord. And it's like, uh, I had to be careful. Like I have to be able to rest every day, but just taking that physical rest from work was so helpful. And just from my phone, I'm like, oh, I don't have to be on. I'm not responsible for anything. Yeah, that is helpful. And you're right. Like Matthew 28 says, come to me, you know, and that's how you find rest. And so the idea is, yes, our bodies, our minds, our emotional, spiritual selves, yet we need like the rest. And so you have to find ways to take a break, but like true and deep rest is found in Jesus. Jesus is like Mm -hmm. the, the fulfillment of our rest. So those things like should not become unhinged from each other, but it still takes the practical, like slowing down things. Sabbath is not the only thing, but like Sabbath is one of the main examples of how we can slow down and actually find that rest in Jesus as we as we take a break. So there's a couple people or a couple places in the Old Testament where it commands God's people to take a Sabbath. 
the command to take a Sabbath is grounded in different reasons. And so when it comes up in the book of Deuteronomy, he mentions something about like you were slaves in in Egypt for 400 years and now you have essentially been freed. And so the idea is, is there was an outside force that was making them work for seven days. And so this, like they had been, it had been hardwired into their rhythms to work seven days, but it wasn't of their own accord. It was the culture that had surrounded them that was oppressing them or putting on them this seven days of rest. And I would say you could make a jump to our culture and that our frenetic pace is a kind of, hey, we're enslaved to Egypt kind of thing. The world is telling us that we need to keep going and keep working. Our phone is telling us that we need to keep going and keep working. And God is telling his people, and I believe that in turn, he's telling us that a Sabbath is actually an act of resistance against culture. And in that resistance, you are saying, hey, I trust God. Like things are gonna be okay if I take a break. Like God has the world under control. Like, I don't know what kind of internal wrestles you had when you had to, when you took a Sabbath, but there's a sense in which when you first try to do this, you're going to say, yeah, but I have to do the laundry while I'm taking a, doing a Sabbath. Like I've got this thing going on tomorrow and I have to like work toward planning toward that because that's you know, an exception. Right. And, and it's an invitation to say, no, the world doesn't need my productivity for 24 hours. Like I can trust in God. I can rest in him. Like uh, there's a humbling process totally. that comes with slowing down as well. Mm-hmm. And it also forces you to use your time wisely during the week yeah. too, because yeah. I think, okay, normally in the past I would go, well, I can just do that tomorrow. And you're constantly burning yourself out or I can do that later tonight. And when you have a Sabbath, there's no way that you can work on that last final project. Mm-hmm. So how can I use my hours well before that leading up to that so that on that day I can trust and be like, okay. I mean, that's not to say to be lazy and just say, oh, it will, you know, God will take care of everything. And so the week leading up to your Sabbath or the days leading up to your Sabbath aren't stewarded well. I yeah. feel like it's always yeah. a balance. Yeah. But yeah, being able to say, okay, I'm being responsible with the days that I'm given. And even if something hasn't been finished, it's okay to wait 24 hours. Yeah. It's yeah, fine. Totally. So when you have done a Sabbath, is there any specific things that you do or is there any things that you like to do or no? Well, it's kind of funny when you said, I don't have to do the laundry on my Sabbath. I love cleaning. That's weird. <laughs> I truly do. And I love having the house be put together and it's life giving for me because I'm not on my phone. So truly any, because just the way I'm wired, if I'm doing absolutely nothing during the day, it better be something that I choose to do. So a lot of control. I know I'm working on it, but my husband, he would love to just like sit and watch TV. I would love to just like sit and read a book or like sit and draw or just, I like to be doing something and watching TV is doing something. But for me, it has to be hands-on tangible and my Sabbath days feel the best when I'm like, oh man, I clean the kitchen. I feel so good and rested. So for me, it does, it's still work, but I'm enjoying what I'm doing and it's not feeling like I'm forced to do something, I guess. Yeah. And I think there's, uh, you know, different people like crack down on on different things. One of the things, a pastor friend of mine, when 
I was like an intern in ministry over 10 years ago. He had talked about how specifically like with the nature of our work that we do, we don't always see a lot of progress right in front of us. Like if you're painting houses for a job, you see the house change colors right in front of you. And so there's a, like a rewarding thing to that. So in his like application of Sabbath, I guess he was like, Hey, I'm totally fine mowing my yard or raking the leaves or doing a little project that I enjoy doing. Um, because the nature of it, I'm taking a break from this like mental emotional work that I'm doing or this creative work that I'm doing that I don't always see like the results right in front of me. And it's life giving to see like a little fun project Mm -hmm. come into being, which I feel like is probably part of the reason that like laundry feels Mm -hmm. helpful to you. Oh yes. Or like deep cleaning the house, cleaning our floors. Like I get to see it from beginning to end and I don't have to think deeply about it. It's just so easy and rhythmic And you get to see it completed. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what it is. It feels like I'm using my hands for something good and I get to see it to completion. Yeah. So I, I love it. I think it's so fun. Yeah. I think there are some people that have written like great things about Sabbath. I'm not an expert. Our family is still trying to figure this out because like I said, we started to commit to do it. My wife works on Fridays and gets off late afternoon. And so we're doing like a Friday 5 or 6 p.m. to Saturday 6 p.m. thing. We're still figuring it out. But one of the things, especially, so some of you like uh, doer people who in, you want like direct instruction or like practical mm-hmm. instruction, you're probably dying right now. Cause right. like, wait, what do I do? How do I like, tell <laughs> yep. me what to do? I will say, um, especially with kids, like I said, we have four of them. It is a challenge, especially with little kids to do the Sabbath thing because being at home or just being off, you know, parents being off with kids doesn't always feel restful. And it's not like you're going to get like all this time with, it's just me and Jesus. And it's this like flowery thing where you're skipping through the (laughs) floor. Like like, that is not a reality. And so there is a sense in which, Hey, you've got to take this life stage for what it is. So, so be realistic, not idealistic. But if you have kids, you need to plan ahead of time. It may take months. It may take years to find the right rhythm of what you want to do. So like give yourself grace in the process because you're going to plan it and it's not going to go, especially with kids, exactly like you want it to. But plan something because if you don't plan anything and you just let things like happen, you're going to feel unproductive. Things are going to come up and then you're going to be reacting. And so take proactive time to plan what you want to do. Some friends of mine who do ministry in Council Bluffs, they specifically, they're like, hey, on Fridays into Saturday for our Sabbath, um, we do all our meals with paper plates and plastic silverware because we want to th- mm. throw it away because we don't want to wash dishes on those days. And we do easy meals that you can just put the microwave or put in the oven. We play in food ahead of time. It's super simple. And they said, we give our kids extra screen time on Saturday or give them screen time on Saturday mornings. And that occupies them. And they say, we're unashamedly doing that because then we get together and we can like take an hour, two hours to read, journal, pray together, whatever. And so you can be creative. You don't have to like win any awards with how like spiritual you are mm-hmm. or how like perfect you are. Cause you just got to just show yourself some grace. Yeah, totally. I think that's so great. So for people that are just starting out, I would say, yeah, 
block off time yep. and figure out what you're going to do so you're not reacting to things. And just as a final question, Jared, what would your response be? So I fell into this. And for those of you who are just starting a Sabbath, you won't have experienced this yet. But I fell into this where I was so excited for my Sabbath days that I was a whole new person. Whereas during the work week, I was just a stress case. And my husband noticed that. And we were thinking, okay, this isn't good. Because like I said earlier, we have to find our rest in Jesus every single day. Well, how do you find rest in Jesus during the week? I know that sounds really big and broad, but like, yeah, what would be your encouragement? Is it a cop out to say, come back next week for our next podcast? (laughs) I think that's totally okay. But give us a little tidbit. Well, for next week. Yeah. So we're talking about finding rest in Jesus by seeking relationship with him, not doing just religious things or Mm -hmm. churchy things, but to actually find rest through seeking relationship with him. And I think that is the key really. So you know, you don't have to do a Sabbath or have some like specific thing and then you magically become rested. But the words of Matthew eleven twenty eight like still ring true. It's come to me, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And so the rest comes from Jesus. Like you won't find true and deep rest anywhere else except for him. Thank you for joining us today. The goal of the Christian Formation Podcast is to form disciples who live all of life with the presence of God. And we do this through conversations about theology, culture, and stories. If you want to find out more about us, check us out at ProvidenceOmaha.org. And if you have episode topics, comments, or questions, please email us at formation at ProvidenceOmaha.org. We'll see you next week.